0: And there'll be a lot of death, unfortunately. It will be a fight. We will win. But a lot less death. But there will be death.
1: People should be actually kept out of the country for at least 28 days. Enough, America is not prepared.
0: Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Battlefield Effect. Great to have you back for another week. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to jump straight into this one, okay? This is a great podcast with a great man, a guy that you absolutely, I'm sure you bloody know, he's been on the internet for a long time here in Australia, Lewis Spears, great friend of the show, great bloody human being, very tall as well. Uh, but for, before we do that, ladies and gentlemen, massive merch drop on the 1st of September, next week. I'm pretty sure that is, yeah, Next bloody week, ladies, I just had a look at my calendar, I don't know what day it is, ladies and gents, let me tell you this, this is the biggest merch drop that's ever happened on my channel, or perhaps in this part of the world, in Australia at the very least, in the Southern Hemisphere, this has never been before been bloody seen, holy dooly, Ruben Wiki, it's going to be an absolute cracker, we've got new t-shirts, we've got mugs, we've got hats, we've got everything happening, it's all bloody happening, ladies and gentlemen, so do not miss it, it's going to be a cracker, but... What's more important than that right now is jumping into this podcast with Lewis Spears. Please, mate, welcome to the show for the very first time, Lewis Spears. Lewis Spears, hey, on.
1: Hey, I am very well. I uh, am stuck in my house. I'm in Melbourne, the epicenter of the virus and shit comedy. But I'm trying to push through the virus. Right. That's a lot easier
0: to defeat in this situation. It's the all ladder. happening. It's all Drug happening. <laughs> Fucking hell! You know, I, I did a podcast probably two weeks ago now with uh, with Chris Waynehouse. I don't know if you know Chris. Um, yeah, I had him on my podcast. He's uh oh, right. he's a king. I, I
1: I think that he is one of the best comedians in this country. Like, right. forget about Melbourne, like in the whole country, I think he's one of the one of the best. And it was it was cool seeing him on your podcast because I was
0: like, oh fuck, I didn't know you guys even knew each other. Yeah, well, I I've been talking to him since probably February about having him on, and I've just been heaps lazy with it. Uh, but yeah, he I, I saw him for the first time probably um, we spoke about it on the show, but. 2016, maybe, and I was doing a show at the uh, Fringe Festival. Oh well, then in Sydney. you've known him more longer than I have. Then I. Think. Oh, I mean, no, no I'm not. I'm not just trying to fucking outdo you, but I. Um, no, I, I. just. I just knew of him. I only met him once. Yeah. But he just seemed like a cool dude, and he was also one. one of the only people that I knew who would do stand up about anything, and that's yeah. why I wanted him on the show. And I, I assume that's probably a similar reason you had him on yours.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because uh well I, I just i mean that's just the type of comedy that i enjoy i enjoy like stand up you know like a like a guy or a girl standing there with a microphone and telling jokes about anything uh and and i i think that i think that a, a comedy that's about darker things it's, it's much harder to make funny because the subject matter is not funny you know what i mean like often if you're telling you know, a joke about I don't know people with an illness or a terrible thing that's happened the The subject is almost objectively never funny uh, and the the hard thing, the trick is making the joke about an unfunny thing funny yeah and and that's where people get confused, where if you tell a joke about a thing that definitely is bad and definitely is sad, they think that you think this thing is funny. It's like no way, hmm. it's definitely not funny. The mm. joke about the thing, fucking great though, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and and, that's, uh, and I appreciate what you, what you came out and said on your podcast, um, Spearhead Sundays, just the other day about the thing that was happening with me, the whole drama about the mm. Christchurch, uh, Christchurch joke that I had. And, and the thing with, with that particular piece uh, of stand-up is the part that's funny is how fucked up it is, how offensive it is. Yeah. And, and yeah. for people not to get that, it, it does boggle my mind and I mean a lot of you know a lot of things yeah. went through my mind where when that whole thing was blowing up where I was probably a poor choice of words where that whole thing was um, <laughs> <laughs> that whole yeah. thing was carrying on and people were like oh you need to apologize and it's like what are you talking mm. about this is this is what stand-ups do but particularly in places like Melbourne and we've just been talking about a, a particular group, a group chat that we're in that, about a, a Melbourne comic who has the shits about something that, that's going on with uh, Friendly Geordie's Neil Kohatka and myself. Uh, just, just just, happened. Now, I, I'm not going to well, go into that. That's not important. Yeah. But what is important is where Melbourne comedy is at at the moment. And it seems to be in a worse and worse place as the years go on. Now, you're there all the time. You do the open mics. What yeah. is, what's going I on s- there?
1: So I I started in Melbourne. I've lived in Melbourne my whole life and uh, I grew up and so a little perspective on me. I started in 2012. If you don't know who I am, i got a YouTube channel, blah, blah, blah. Um, I started in 2012 and all I wanted to do was be a stand-up comedian. That was all I ever wanted to do since I was literally like 12 years old. I saw Lena and Woodley, some of my favorite comedians at the festival and something in my brain went, I fucking want that. So I grew up obsessed with the comedy festival gala and and all of these amazing comedians and all I wanted to do was like be a part of it. Um uh so I started uh online in 2012 making comedy, doing YouTube videos, doing like controversial stuff and stunts and tricking the media into running fake stories, trolling, all that kind of stuff. And then kind I, I kind of just was like, oh, I could turn this into my real dream, which is stand up. And then I was like I had this little online audience and I was like okay well I have this online audience but I've never done stand-up before the last thing I'd want them to do is to just come and see my show but I've never done it before because obviously that would be shit because anyone starting stand-up you're gonna be bad your first like six months undeniable you're gonna suck but that's how it is you know so I was like Yeah, it's the process. So I was like, well, I need to take this serious because I want to be a legit stand-up comedian. I don't want to be some cunt who has an online audience so they do shows to make money because there is a a bit of that out there, you know? Um, So I'm like, well, I want to be legit. So I get into the open mic scene and I start doing shows and I start like getting, you know, being bad and getting good and going through the process and, you know, what every real stand-up comedian does, eating shit, working hard, working on your skills and becoming better. Uh, about 18 months go by of me doing that, keeping it a secret. And then I do the Melbourne Comedy Festival. And me, you know, I'm still a young comic. I'm like, man, this is the fucking dream. I'm in the fucking Melbourne Comedy Festival. This is what I've been watching since I was 12. And uh, I, I sold incredibly well for the uh, first show. And I was met with nothing but disdain and scorn from the people that I looked up to and the industry that I wanted to really get involved with and genuinely wanted to be a part of. Um, And I think it's, I've thought about it a lot and I think it's because the traditional way of blowing up, especially in Melbourne and with comedy in Australia is it's there's like, there's, there was literally a step-by-step process. You do, raw comedy uh you do well at that you get through the rounds you get picked up maybe then you'll maybe you also do class clowns if you're younger then you'll do fucking fresh faces and there's a bunch of other things little uh like feature spots and you slowly work your way up and all of these opportunities are decided by the people who run the festival and this and that, and then maybe you'll do a guest spot here and a guest spot there. And eventually you do a festival managed venue that's run by the festival. And then you slowly work your way up. And the only time you progress is when the person above you moves up or the person at the top retires. And then there's a space for you to move up. So for a long, long time, there was literally a queue, right? Uh, And then along comes me and other people, Alex Williamson, Frenchie, later on you um, who built this online audience and started getting people coming to shows almost without permission uh, and uh, acceptance from the powers that be. And all of these other people that are maybe, you know, five years older than us who put their whole life into this system, all of a sudden looked at me you know, my first year doing the festival, selling out some shows. I didn't go crazy. I sold out a few shows out of my twelve-run show. But they look at me and they go, "Hey, you fucking pushed in. You're not supposed to be here. You pushed in. I was in front of you, and now you've pushed in." And then I'm kind of left there, going, "Well, there is no queue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, me selling a ticket doesn't mean you sell one less ticket. I I thought that we could like, you know." Be a part of this together, bringing people into comedy and and uh, and getting them to enjoy it. Because who knows if a lot of the online guys, people coming to their shows have never seen a show before, and then they go, "Oh fuck, I love this stand-up thing. Maybe I'll check out another show." It's good for everyone, you know. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I've, I was just met with this this weird like disdain from the industry that I think stems from. Not succeeding the correct way, or not being, not having approved success, uh, despite having put in the hours like any stand-up comedian, and genuinely being good. Like I can, you know, I can make my fans laugh, but that's, to be honest, I, way easier than making strangers laugh. I can do that shit too. I've, I genuinely want to be a really good comedian. I've done the comics lounge, five hundred people who got no idea who I am, make them laugh. I. Open for fucking Andrew Schultz, all his fans, hardly anyone knew who I was. I smashed. And uh, it's, to me, it's like this Melbourne, the Melbourne scene is like full of gatekeepers who want to control the industry. And it stems from, I think, a lot of people being unable to succeed in the industry. So instead, they settle for controlling it.
0: Yeah. Yeah it's like a manager at a department store they think they're king shit Mm. but really they're not doing anything and i mean i faced the same sort of reaction from people and it's very strange you know you see someone Mm. who is making an online presence and you assume that they're a they're not a comedian or they're not uh, they don't practice the art or they don't try and perfect the craft and in Mm. reality it couldn't be further from the truth i was doing stand-up for four years before i started doing videos and I just realized well that, yeah, that that's was-
1: the thing, like you had more stand up experience before uh before you started online than I did, yeah, you know, so it's like these people thinking like you or I blew up out of nowhere without doing the the rounds is is weird to
0: me, yeah, and I think the only way that you are successful in in any space, whether it's stand up, whether it's YouTube, whether it's accounting is putting in the hours and that's what you've done. That's what I'm doing. Um, and, and, and people just don't like to see you, as you said, skipping the queue or, or really what we're doing is we're pumping ourselves through the steroids and showing off on the stage because the way to do it, uh, and has been done since the 90s was as you said you go and do raw comedy which is a competition and you will get picked uh if you if you fit the triple j mold and you'll go forward or the abc mold and then you know down the track if you're if you fit that diversity mold or they're happy with you they might put you on channel 10 and then you'll start selling tickets and you'll only sell tickets in melbourne or sydney nowhere else but you'll start selling tickets Mm -hmm. and then they see people like us uh come and mean, you know, I've, I've I've been lucky enough to do shows all over the country as of you and, and we can sell tickets in the most random of places. Like man, I was lucky enough to be over in the UK doing shows there and in London having like 400 people there. It was fucking that's insane. So cool. I had people to fucking covid I cancelled my UK tour. That's, um, really? I was
1: really looking forward to it, but that's you know, that's that's amazing to to It's insane. I mean, and it... that's and that would never happen the other way um without the internet and and all of these all of these comedians and I, I i'd never want to name names because i've always you know i love comedy and i love the industry and I, I i don't want to fucking fight with these people i just want to you know i i what i would prefer is instead of going back at them i would rather you know go hey why don't you fucking come over here you can do the online thing too you know like yeah. it is It is very funny watching all of these people who, since before me, before 2012, you know, have been bashing the online comics and saying that it's hacky and all this kind of shit. But, you know, with COVID, what are every single one of these cunts trying to do? They're starting podcasts, they're doing videos, and they're finding out this shit is just as hard to do well. Yeah. And what's going to happen, you know, I, I view it as like, there's very little crossover in terms of the ability to make someone laugh online and the ability to make someone laugh uh on live like there's a little bit in terms of writing but the way you make people laugh is completely different they're two def- different like wheelhouses and yeah. i prioritize stand up for me because i think that's more important and the more difficult one but what these people are going to find out is that we didn't like cheat our way to success the reality is doing this and doing stand up well is harder than mm. just doing stand up because it's two different jobs
0: you also you're in a different and i've been doing this uh, recently with trying to write my new show and, and perfect that i mm. it's a different it's a whole different um wheelhouse to use, use, use your word sport to use something that I refer to it as you're playing a different sport when you're writing for videos, completely different to writing jokes on stage. You know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're writing to, to perform a joke on stage, it will be entirely different to how you write a video and and nail a joke or a point or or whatever it happens Mm. to be. It's just completely different. And I recently just went up on stage in Newcastle here at an open mic night because I hadn't been on stage in seven months and I was just like, fuck, I need to do something. I'm jealous. Insane. There is no chance
1: of me. I can't even leave my fucking house here in Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> there's no chance I'll be
0: performing until I think next year, I reckon. And no, I, I think you're spot on. There's no there's very little chance. So I took the opportunity to get up there and I, I sent the the group chat uh no, I, I emailed the promoter doing an open mic night at the Wicco Hotel in yeah. New. And the, the Newcastle comedy group chat freaked the fuck out. They were like, not all of them. A lot of them were really nice. And on the night, a lot of them were really nice. And and they just assumed that I, I that number one, they thought I hated women. They was just like, no, this is a woman hater, yada, yada. And I was like, oh, fucking righto. But I was in the group chat. They just didn't know I'd been in there for like four years. So they all started to arguing, yep. should we allow this dude in? And I was just like, I'm here, motherfuckers. So I send them yeah. a video of me in the car, just like, Hey, listen, if you want to keep your little crew together, that's cool. But if you'd like to have, if, if, if I can come along and just do, I just want to do 20 minutes. That's all. I'll do it at the mm. end of the night, whatever. Um, and you know, to, as you said, the gatekeepers, these people just didn't want me there. They thought I thought they were, I was better than them. I thought, you know, they, they think all these things that people say about me, all that type of shit. And man, I always try. And I know I play this big persona of some tough guy. I just kill people with kindness and I'd be polite well, and all that's, that shit. That's
1: what you have to do, and that's that's like always been what I what I was like is like for some reason there there is this perception of or this perceived air of arrogance uh, about us or like oh they think they're better than us and it's 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 so not true. At the end of the day, we love comedy, we love stand up, and we want to get on with comedians and we want to be we want to be a part of the industry. We don't want to like fucking fight. I don't want to go to an open mic night and and fight with some other fucking comedian. I want to go there and make people laugh. Yeah. The, the the whole the whole thing of of this in Melbourne it's particularly bad. It's a lot a lot of it is a fuckload of because there are because with these open mics there's hardly many big audiences at all. There's not not many people are doing a set and then getting messaged afterwards by an audience member going, man, I love your shit. I'm a fan of you because a lot of these comedians have no online presence at all, like literally not even a fan page or an Instagram. So audience members literally cannot become a fan of someone if they liked them. A lot of the time, these comedians have gotten into this mindset of, I need to impress comedians. I need to make comedians laugh. And that's so not what you're supposed to do as a comedian. I don't want to make comedians laugh. Like I love I liked what you do, Isaac, but I don't want you to be my fan. I want people to be my fan. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're one person. You shouldn't be trying to, I shouldn't be trying to impress you. You shouldn't be trying to impress me. You should try and find the type of person that would like your shit and come to a show. And to me, that's a no brainer, but, but I understand if if all you have is the approval of other comedians and the industry, that's going to completely warp your idea of, what comedy should I do? Because often, you know, a, a, an amazing bit, if I see it, I'll, in my head, I'll go, Oh, that's funny. That's really good. I see what they're doing, but I won't necessarily laugh. But bro, if I went up and I saw you bomb, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm going to laugh. I'll laugh like nothing else. And and some people go, Oh, I got a lot of laughs from the comedians doing that. And then they do that more, more and more. And then they do a show and a regular person an audience member sees it and it goes this is weird
0: yeah yeah what's it's, this this it's is like the whole, the whole culture funny? with anti-comedy and all that type of stuff the anti-humor yeah. and that's mm. that's something that i haven't faced too much of i haven't seen too much of it but i know it's big in the states and i know it's uh not huge in melbourne but i certainly think it's growing uh where people go yeah. up and it's not about the comedy it's about being weird or strange and that's fine too if you've been funny whatever who gives a shit as long as people in the audience yeah. are laughing if people are you, laughing, people are laughing. If you were doing a show and there's one punchline in the entire hour or there's one punchline in an mm. entire set, like, are you really doing stand-up? You're doing a var- variant of it, but it's not quite what, but, but once again, I will go and see, I'd love to go and see Jim Jefferies or I'd love to go and see, uh, yeah. you know, Dave Chappelle, but a lot of people would hate that. It'd be the worst hour of their life. It's the same as people mm. might want to go watch an hour of you or an hour of me or an hour of Neil. But in reality, for a lot of other people, they'll be like, oh, I fucking hate that guy. This guy sucks. He's a, he's a woman hater. He's this, he's that. He does, oh, he's the dude who did the Christchurch thing. It's like metal. It's like rap. Some people hate that shit. Some people love it. Whatever. You know. Yeah. Um, but I think you have to be able to, but, but um, what I was going to say was you have to be able to accept that there's different types of stand up. But, but also, it's difficult to do that because sometimes you look at something and go, that's not fucking funny. But that's how people look at us, and uh, it's a it's one it's a strange thing with a lot of nuances that you have to toss up in your mind. You know, it's it's a hard thing it, to wrap your is, head around. It's
1: it's funny in in the sense that as I mean, I'm I'm a comedian, so I can I recognize that you know everyone's stuff is completely different because ultimately you most comedians are just being like an exaggerated version of themselves. Like, oh, I'll take this shitty part of me and then I'll amp it up and then I'll criticize it. And and some people go, oh, this guy's a fucking asshole. But if you if you give them a little bit of, um, uh, a, you know, if you take it with a grain of salt, you can be like, oh no, well he's he's being an asshole to show that you shouldn't be that type of person. That could be what they're doing or or whatever. So I, I always find it so weird when comedians like trash other comedians. Uh, when they're genuinely trying to make people laugh. Like, I totally get it if a comedian fucking rapes someone or does a heinous act, but I never understood other comedians going after uh, comedians for jokes that are definitely jokes because, you know, if you take away that, guess what? It just got closer to you. If this type of comedy is banned because that's weird, but you're playing within the acceptable world the The barrier just got so much closer to you, and next thing, you're next because you do this type of thing, and it's it all it always just does seem very, very, very fucking weird to me to see comedians trashing other comedians. and to the best of my knowledge, what's kind of you know unique about all of the guys that are blowing up online, we don't do that we've i've I've never seen any of us like single out another comedian even in response to them talking shit about one of us, I've never seen that shit. So it's very weird to see all of these people like invent an idea of who you are, trash that fictional character uh, even without like any reason to justify their prejudice. It's, it's strange to me. It's getting, it's getting a lot better for me because I've been in Melbourne my whole life and I've like, so I, countless times i have seen people talk shit about me on twitter even if it's just liking a tweet from somebody else and then i meet them and i see them go oh i thought he was this he's actually that like i've had countless people like it's it's a problem it's i've learned that it's like a a problem that i have to deal with where first impressions are so powerful where and 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 we don't get a first impression because often Uh, If you're in the industry anyway, I'm not trying to sound like an arrogant wanker. Like normal people I meet know, most people do not know who I am. But like in the comedy industry that I'm in, you know, people know who people are. So you don't get a first impression because they've already seen that from whatever video you saw. So uh, I've had so many people, like I meet them and I hang out with them and I get along and then it's time to part ways and they go, oh, thanks for being nice. And I'm like, that's weird. Why do people keep thanking me for being nice? And I kind of realize, oh, it's because they think that they're special. Like, that's rare. Like, yeah, <laughs> they yeah, go, yeah. oh, there's Lewis. He's going to be a cunt to me. Yep. And then I'm not. And they go, oh, I'm so lucky. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, I'm not a cunt.
0: Yeah. I'm
1: nice. I want to get along with people.
0: Yeah. It's people say, I've, I've had people say to me, oh, thanks for being nice to my missus. It's like, what? Yeah. What do you mean? Like I, I don't I don't hate anyone. Like if you get to know and this is why the podcast is important, it's probably the same for you. You get to know someone mm. much uh a much cleaner version or a realistic version of themselves through a long form conversation. You don't get yeah. that with with quick videos or with stand up clips or or with whatever. Um but I mean with with when it comes to offense, I said this in the video in the response to my Christchurch thing. How many people are you allowed to offend? Can you offend one person in a room? Mm. Two, three, yeah. four, what's the number? And if you, if you really look at jokes, there's all types of jokes offend someone or offend something, someone's delicate sensibilities yes. or something they believe or they think or they feel or they, they have in their lives. And where do you stop? Are you allowed to stop? Should you stop? Or should you just go out there? And the, really the only mm-hmm. offensive thing is if you tell a joke, and you keep telling it and it's horrible and it's mean and it's offensive and racist and no one laughs, yeah. no one likes it, but you keep saying it because you think you, you're proving a point. That's when,
1: you- yeah, that's, that's not on because then nah. you're just being a dick, you know, yeah. when you're being a bad comedian and not, you're not responding to negative feedback. I don't want to, I don't want to. Don't want to Neil,
0: yeah. Sorry, go. On.
1: Well, sorry. Patrice O'Neill said something that I, that I fucking loved in a, in an interview. And it was about a, a joke controversy that another comedian did. And so, this journalist is like grilling him about it, about this specific joke that, you know, didn't, didn't in the room, didn't go well. Um, So they had more of a point of like, Oh, they said this horrible thing and people didn't laugh. So how do you defend that? And Patrice O'Neill said, look, I'm not here to defend any joke. And I probably will never defend any specific joke because I think that's beside the point. What I'm here to defend is the attempt at humor, the attempt to make people laugh because Uh, If you go on stage and your intention is to offend people, I don't think you're a comedian. I think you're an asshole. Mm. Uh, And a comedian's, our, our intention, our main intention should never be just to offend, right? My intention is always to make people laugh but I know doing that, it will be unavoidable that people will get offended, especially the type of humor that I do. Your main intention should be to make people laugh. If your main intention is to offend or hurt, then you're not a comedian, you're just an asshole. Yeah. Uh, and that's what's so important is you need to stand up for the uh, attempt with the intention to make people laugh because I mean, so often you go up with an idea that you think is funny or could be funny, you just need to try it and then it doesn't go well maybe no one laughs, but that doesn't make you an asshole because your intention was to make someone laugh. And then if you can take that negative feedback, go back, reword it, write it, I mean, maybe pat it down or work out how to make it more ridiculous or whatever and make it funnier and then go out again and it works. It's still about the same terrible subject matter. Uh, and, but your intention is still the same. But does when you did it, when it wasn't working, does that mean you're an asshole? No, because you were trying to get to hear
0: where it worked and brought joy rather than made people go, ooh. Yeah. And sometimes you can't, you can't give up on it on a bit either. If you think it's genuinely yeah. funny, like Thomas Edison making a light bulb, people ask him, Oh, you failed 50 times. He said, No, I just found 50 mm. ways not to make a light bulb. You know, it's the same <laughs> way with stand up. Like you might fail Process a few times. Yeah. You might fail a few times with a joke, but eventually you might find a way to make it funny. And, if you're going out trying to be hateful and that's the thing, that's why I struggled so hard to wrap my head around the whole Christchurch thing. Like I'm not going out. I know it's offensive. That's the whole point. It's supposed to be horrible, but it's not hateful. Mm. And that was the, that was the big difference. But I I think, I think like we, people, most people know this, you know, in our circle and our circle being the comedy circle and people who enjoy our type of humor or your type of videos or my type of videos, you know, mm. we're preaching to the cro- to the choir. And then when something happens, like you get cancelled or people trying to come after you, it's incredible to see these people fly out of the woodwork, attack things like sponsors. Like the thing with the sponsors thing is weird. Like they go and they say, hey, you, you you're a sponsor. Do you agree with what Isaac said about Muslim people? Mm. Like what the fuck do you want him to say? Yep, absolutely. Fucking spot on. This bloke, he's got it also... They
1: didn't sponsor the special, so no! Fuck off That's like What do you want It's like Oh do you support this And the brand goes Hey we actually didn't We supported this So you win (laughs) It's like It's like you might Have a tiny argument Even if it's still Fucking stupid If If you were like You tell the punchline And then you go And that joke was brought to you By Qatar Airlines (laughs) Like (laughs) Maybe they got a point there But otherwise They literally didn't Approve or sponsor it So shut the fuck up
0: man Man, it is crazy, and that is the that is the sentiment that they're running with at the moment. It's like, hey, yeah, you know, if you if you say something, we're going to come after you, and we're going to come after everyone who's ever been around you, man. I had people yeah. looked in for the podcast that pulled out because they said, oh, it's not a good time to be, um, you know, surrounded, or not a good time to be associated with you. I was like, what are you talking yeah. about, man? This will be over in two days. Like this That's is what, what I
1: said on my podcast. So I I said. I, I recorded it on a Friday. I can't remember what day it happened, but it was like day two. And I, like said, watch it. It'll last three days. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, day one, everyone sees it. They send hate to your page. Day two, you haven't apologized, so they're still angry. Day three, uh, everyone starts to move on. Yeah. and and it's like that third day is where it starts to tail off. and you, you if you go on Isaac's Instagram page, you can literally see the three day rule happen like clockwork. I was gonna His say post from yep. when it happened, twenty thousand comments this the next day, ten thousand comments, the third day, a few thousand, the fourth day, couple hundred, it's fucking over because you didn't apologize and and that's the thing like I had this happen to me. I told a joke about the dream world accident. Uh, and this is in my comedy special and you can find the clip on my YouTube channel as well. I think it's a brilliant joke, but I, it's fucked. You know, the thing that happened is horrific and terrible and that's so sad, but the joke about it is, is good. And that's kind of, that's literally the joke that I'm telling is like, this is bad. The joke is not. And that's, that's the bit. Uh, And, and that shit happened to me. And what happened was people shared my joke uh, with, you know, text that says, this joke is bad, this guy is saying a terrible thing, you should hate it. And then people who are not fans of me, who don't like the type of humor that I do, and who never would, even if someone else did it, and I never made that joke, if they saw me with a positive context attached, they would go, oh, it's not really for me. They see that and it literally says, you should hate this, it is fucked, do not like it. And Mm. then they watch it with that in their brain and they go, you know what? i don't like it yeah i gotta fucking tell him and it's it's weird but it lasts three days unless you apologize because if you apologize to these people all of a sudden the angry mob who don't like you and don't want to like you and will not accept your apology go fuck your apology it's not good enough or they go oh he's apologized good i can move on to the next person they never watch your shit again all you're doing is saying to your fans and the people that enjoyed it hey guys You were wrong. It wasn't good. Fuck you and everything
0: that I stood for. Mm. And now you're left with no one. And it happens with every, it happens to everyone. Like it happens with us on a micro level. Look at Joe Rogan. Mm -hmm. Like when he comes out and something happens, he said something about transgender people or whatever. And most of the things he says about that are very well thought about and researched. And they're quite correct in my opinion. Anyway, he will get a hate for two or three days and it'll drop off. The same thing happens with us. As you said, with the YouTube and I just, I completely forgot that you can look at, you just look at the comments, but I was about to say with uh, the analytics that you get as, as the, as the Instagram page for the Monday, 3 hundred eighty thousand people visited my, my page on that day <laughs> oh, Tuesday 3 hundred forty thousand. Wednesday yeah, that's day two. 200 back to, back to th- uh, what was the next day Thursday back to the normal number of a hundred thousand impressions excuse me or yeah. whatever it, whatever it happened to be. And that's what everyone said. Um, St. Lane, who's a rapper and friend of mine, he said the same thing. He said, man, this is the best thing that could ever happen to you. And he's a Kiwi too. He said, this is the best thing. Yeah. He said, man, you got Jacinta Arden, the prime Minister's talking about you. This is fucking great. Right. And I was like, you know what? It is. Like, it's hard to deal with that because I had 48,000 DMs. Man, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, as,
1: as, comedians and as people who's to who stand up for this stuff you know uh the the there's two things that are true one i don't give a fuck and i'm gonna do it anyway two it does suck when you get that like negative reaction like it's not nice i had it when we got fake stories on a current affair and pretended to be this and then we revealed it was bullshit you get such a huge like backlash of negative attention and if you don't say if you say that that is good you might be a sociopath it's not nice you don't want people threatening no, to kill you or nice. hurt you it's not a, not a good feeling um but but it is uh, un, unavoidable i suppose yeah uh, when you're doing this type of stuff you know it's going to happen it's just it's just almost a shock how how negative and scary it can be when you're in it you just got to like Hold on to the boat and be like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine.
0: <laughs> you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. You're just like, okay, yeah, you just need to survive this bit. And that's what it was like yeah. for me. And that's what it's like for all these people, even people like Brian Callan, who was accused of rape. And he just came out and said, no, that did not happen. This is absolutely incorrect. Mm. Uh, and obviously, completely different situation to me. Um, but that's what I felt like. I felt like I had done something horrible like that. I felt like yeah. I had. Um, I had gone out and killed someone. I felt like I. Mm. people were saying, and I remember there was this one tweet that I couldn't believe that someone was like genuinely serious. They said that Isaac is on par with the killer. And I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> son, are you serious? That's crazy. This guy's gone and murdered fifty-one people. Done the worst thing in the last thirty. I'm years. I'm offended by that. <laughs> I know." And I was like, "Oh my fucking god!" Yeah. And and my mum was like on the Insta- on my Instagram reading the comments. I was like, "Do not read the fucking comments. Are you serious?" I was like, "Mum, there yeah, are so many nutcases. nut mom. cases. They're terrible for mum." Yeah, but. Uh, but anyway. Well, I bet, you
1: know what? I bet you were secretly a little bit stoked that we can't do shows when you're in the middle of it. You know, you don't want
0: to end up getting Charlie Hebdo, do you? No, no, I know. I was I was genuinely worried about that and tour manager Zach was ringing me up going, what the fuck, mate? I'm going to need to get more security at shows and you're going to need a fucking bodyguard and this is bullshit. And I was like, it'll be fine. Relax. I was like, I mean, People, if, you know, if you want to come and talk to my face and then you still want to stab me, okay, fair enough. But I very much doubt. Right. That. Also, fucking,
1: you see what happened when Jim Jeffries got punched at a show that literally ignited his career from amazing comedian that was like a cult favorite to who the fuck is that
0: guy? He yeah. got punched at a show. Like, uh, have you heard that story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. I was, oh, it's, I, in his, it's in his special. Yeah. yeah. I did the, um, the same room that he did. Um, where it happened I, I perform. it in, oh, in amazing UK, and they've got like, yeah. a photo of it there and they tell the story when you go there and, and yeah as you said that 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 really launched his career because it was something so outrageous he couldn't believe and no I yeah. could believe it was happening imagine if I got yeah. stabbed how good would that be for my career terrible for my kidney if you survive <laughs> if I survived I mean <laughs> you could be like like Michael Jackson and stuff and keep getting bigger afterwards um, but that's yeah. true I mean, I, I don't know if I really want to, um, you know, yeah, you don't, you don't want that shit. It's not, it's, uh, it's not good. I mean,
1: you know, I think even speaking about the possibility of it probably isn't a good idea. I think that that's fucked. <laughs> but, you know, you've I wouldn't got want a, that to happen. You've to got you, a right? whole
0: special that says death, red stones, me, So I'm sure you've received the same sort of thing. These things. Happen- oh
1: yeah. That's, that's why I, that's what I called the, that's why I called it that. Cause I did this dream world bit and then I, it went fucking crazy and I got all this negative attention. This is a, f- few years ago uh and then i was like well fuck you i'm calling the whole special death threats don't scare me and i'm putting that Dreamwell bit in the fucking thing and you know it, it went great and some people didn't like it and i totally understand why not because it's not for them but you know the people who like this type of stuff fucking loved it
0: the, the thing was like i had in the special that they took the clip for uh for the Christchurch bit there was a bit in there about um, aboriginal people being arrested and it was just a throwaway mm. line. And I always throw an Aboriginal joke in because I have, I have Koori fellas come to the show and they fucking love that shit where I make fun of Aboriginal people. Like you always yeah. see an Aboriginal dude, he's like slapping his mate next to him. Cause he, fuck, he thinks, Oh fuck, you know, that was funny for whatever reason. And I always do those jokes in like, I, I tell this story. I, I did a show in Moree in New South Wales, which is majority Aboriginal uh, area. And I did these Aboriginal jokes and they fucking loved it. And 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 I always, you know, I was always a bit scared about doing those type of jokes because it was a bit like, Mm. oh, and it's always the white, the white fellas who are the most offended by that type of shit. And I was always a bit iffy about doing it, but I always do it because I feel like it's more offensive to think, no, no, they can't handle it sort of thing. Anyway, that's,
1: that's, that's another thing. It's like people, people always ask like this question of like, oh, should you punch down with jokes? And, and I'm, I, I think that's a loaded question. I don't think that jokes are punching it's not violence it's a joke i think Mm. that uh you know you the way to be inclusive inclusive is to include everyone and you know i have what might be an unpopular opinion i genuinely believe there are racist jokes that shouldn't be told because some of them are written with the intention of making races feel inferior uh or uh make people perceive them as less but those jokes are not being performed by comedians. Those were written by racist people to belittle others and are usually really fucking old because that was a mainstream view at the time. But
0: that Whereas comes back to intent, 100% are, yeah, intent.
1: Yeah, that's you know? that's like, I hate this race. What Here's a joke that will hurt them and make them seem lesser. Whereas, you know, race jokes are not racist jokes. Jokes about race, uh, I think, are, are inclusive as fuck if your intention is to make uh, make them laugh, you know, I, I don't see an issue with it if it's done well.
0: Mm. And it, it is it is. crazy that it receives so much attention because these are jokes that are yeah. told all the time. And, mm. you know, you hear, like, I I hear genuinely racist humour and you go, oh, fuck. Like, that's what I'm being accused of. That's what I'm caught yeah. up in. Or, 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 you know, this whole thing with the anti-feminist shit. Like, people say, oh, you know, someone's, the worst thing I ever saw was a comment that said, I bet this bloke bashes his missus. And it's just like, like you've you've met my missus. Like it's it yeah. couldn't be further from the truth. I am the no. I am the most whipped man in the history of oh absolutely, Bitcoin and I yeah. love it and I love it. You Never know, met
1: a more whipped man
0: in my life. I know yeah. I'm all I about mean, it. We in the, it.
1: Didn't you buy her shoes at the Gucci store when we were there? Like yeah, that's yeah, not possibly, the
0: man. I, you know, I'm loaded. I just throw it away now. I'm just like yeah, Gucci. I mean, Messiard. I mean,
1: look, I don't know if that's because you're whipped or you were trying to apologize. Because I mean, I did see that comment. You know, I don't know what she it had was, a black but eye. the she context had a black seemed the very.
0: Same. (laughs) uh, these things things happen you know you fucking nah it's it's I don't know you got to separate church and state you know what I mean And I don't mean that in relationships I mean that in jokes like the real person and the person the jokes on stage but the reason I wanted to get you on today Lewis because I wanted to talk about what's been happening with Google and YouTube in Australia at the moment and I actually received just before I uh, started recording this podcast I received an email from uh, from YouTube Uh, talking about the proposed changes to, well, not even changes, but uh, bringing in regulations uh, to how news is broadcast. Now, I'm just going to bring up the letter that was sent out um, on, uh, must have been at at some point last week and it's an open letter. Yeah,
1: last week. I've been been all over this shit. I'm fucking fuming about this. So I'm I'm happy to talk about
0: this. Yeah. So... We need to let you know about new government regulation that will hurt how Australians use Google search and YouTube, the proposed law, the news media bargaining code will uh, force us to provide you with dramatically worse Google search and YouTube and search and YouTube Uh, could lead to your data being handed over to big business, a big news business and would put the free services uh, you use at risk in Australia. And there's, I think there's like three main points, the way Aussie search, Uh, every day on Google is at risk with a new regulation. Your search data may be at risk uh, hurting free services used like YouTube and Google search. And there's the lady who sent it Mel Sylvia, managing director on behalf of Google Australia. Now that is the open letter they sent. Now I've got Mm. here um, the the key comparisons of the law uh, in comparison to the old law. Now the the current law, there is no current law. That's the big thing. And also over here, if anyone knows how to get rid of that, I keep trying to get rid of it and it keeps coming back. So they hit me up in the DMs. <laughs> Just as soon as I get out of it, I get out of it, I come back and it's fucking there. Doing my fucking yeah, headache. Fuck. Wait, at least all. Pornhub isn't there, bro. In your face. Yeah, what do we got? TripAdvisor. I never use that. Zach books all my shit. Anyway, so I don't know what's <laughs> you know, that be That'll be fine. So the new law. Um, the responsible digital platform being YouTube, Google, same thing, right? Uh, Google Search Corporations must comply with minimum standards which require them to provide registered news businesses. Now, the registered news businesses—they um, this are, is
1: that's a, that's the very that's the very it's very specific wording. So, essentially, registered news businesses by the definition of this law. So, what what the A is doing is they're trying to make this sound like they're fighting against this evil business Google for Australians to make it fairer for everyone. Yes. Absolutely not fucking true at all. This law specifically is only for news businesses and what they classify that is a news business that brings in more than $150,000 a year and employs multiple journalists. So that's you fucked, me fucked, friendly Geordies fucked. That we're, we're not that at all. It is literally for News Corp. Uh, yeah. And
0: you know the the real big news businesses. Channel and Nine, the reason channel, and say channel Seven. Yep. Uh, not so much SBS and the, and the ABC because they're. I think uh, they're
1: uh, excluded from it, from what I understand. They are excluded sure as far
0: that. as um, monetarily, but not so much as, yeah. far as algorithmically, if you will.
1: Yeah. So, uh, the, yeah, they want they want to be notified of the change to the algorithm. Now, I actually think we should all know about that um because youtube changes its algorithm and one day this will work and be a good type of video to make and then the next day it'll get your channel banned so i actually think that everyone should be notified of algorithm changes but what this law states is only news services will be notified when an algorithm changes and how to essentially game the system so these news corporations will be able to Fuck around and uh, artificially inflate the reach of their videos by plugging in the information that this robot algorithm wants to uh, mm. wants wants in there, rather than doing good journalism. This whole law is so Australian media, and it goes back to what we were saying about it people not <laughs> people not wanting uh, the internet independent creators to succeed. It's it is so old media refused to adapt to the internet, uh, didn't hire anyone who understands the internet, like none of us have ever gotten like a good mainstream opportunity. I had a little stint at a radio show, that's about it, uh, as far as I'm aware, Uh, but none of these people want anything to do with us or any independent creator, I'm not even talking comedy, I'm talking like people killing it with independent journalism or whatever, building online audiences. So what they've done is they can't compete with independent creators. So instead of adapting, learning how to thrive in the online environment uh, or hiring some of these people who can do it with no money, uh, they're instead trying to regulate the incident. It's yeah. literally like, oh, we can't do this well. Let's make doing it well
0: illegal. Yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and it, it goes on, and it basically um, runs through like everything that they have to have to include in um, mm. have to include as far as information is concerned. Now they say that um, registered news businesses, which, as you said, one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year uh, a year over all within the last three years have earned that um, uh, yeah. consecutively. Now it also says these um, need to receive. Uh, the algorithm changes, which basically gives them the cheat code to um, rather than relying on good uh, journalism, as you said, um, yeah. they are just given the cheat code. They're saying, hey, this is what you need to do. Rather than changing yeah. the way they do things, rather than ha- yeah. saying, hey, too fucking bad that you suck at this new media. Here you go, here's mm. the cheat codes, here's what you need to do. Now, if that is such a big issue for, for Google and YouTube, and I know it is, I know that's what they hold so dear. If they want to take the power away, release it to everyone. You know, that takes the power Absolutely. away. Absolutely, that's, that's,
1: what, that's what I think should happen. I mean, I think obviously there needs to be, a, it's, it's a weird balance to hit because there needs to be a little bit of secrecy because it is a robot you don't, what you don't want is, you know, uh, the algorithm telling everyone, oh, this is what the robot likes to see in articles. And then someone uploads uh, an article that is just keywords of whatever the robot yeah. wants to see uh, instead of doing a good piece that incorporates that knowledge. So then, it's a, it's a tough balance to to hit uh, that I don't think YouTube has given enough info, but I, I don't think they should be obligated to give out 100% of it because then it will just... It's like yeah, it's it's the fucking cheat code. It's like oh, press these buttons and you can do unlimited grind on Tony Hawk. It's like yeah, you're not going to fall off the skateboard, but it's not very fun, is
0: it? No, and you and you're not you're not succeeding. You're just cheating. Mm. That is literally yes. what it comes down to here. It goes on to say that the next change is um, uh, that also with the, with the algorithm, they will be given notification of any changes coming. So rather than us. Yeah as YouTubers, and I don't think there's anything wrong with being called a YouTuber. That used to be such a dirty word. And I'm sure back when you started, it was a fucking yeah. dirty word, right? If You're a YouTuber. you're No a way. It's,
1: when I started uh, creating content online was the future. Now it's like the, it's becoming the present. Yes. You know, like if Absolutely. you're not doing it, you're an idiot, which is why I get frustrated about fucking comedians talking shit about online creators. It's like, how can you hate us when you are uh, every single comedian in America that you like yeah. has a massive online platform? Yeah,
0: and it's it's, it's Australia, man. Like it is, yes. if, if you're listening- Tall to poppy syndrome. Overseas. Something that
1: I think our culture struggles with a little bit is tall poppy syndrome. Oh, he's fucking- Doing something without anyone else giving him permission. What makes him better than me? It's
0: like bro, yeah. I didn't say that. You did. <laughs> it's the same with it's the same with Australia. Australians with when it comes to movies and shit like or technology. You know, we're always two years behind the US. And I think it's yes. the same with this. Maybe even three or four years but behind the US. So the law goes on to say, uh, responsible digital platform corporations may not discriminate. Um, I'll put the thing back up for those of you playing at home. Make sure it's the right one and not fucking porn of there we go um uh, responsible digital platforms being youtube uh facebook there's also facebook as well not that many people are putting your know, videos on facebook yeah this,
1: so this isn't i think it's just for all online platforms that exist it's like a. it's like it's less of a google regulation more of a law in australia the country so if you want to operate as an online business this will be, apply to
0: you Responsible digital platforms, all those guys, corporations may not discriminate between news businesses or uh, participating in the code or between participants and non-participants because of their participation in the code. Now, that is, some, that is the strangest fucking paragraph I've ever seen. But basically stating that if you do decide to become a part of this new uh, collective bargaining agreement with uh, Facebook and, and YouTube, then Facebook and YouTube aren't allowed to say, hey, you've fucking tried to cheat us. Fuck off. Uh, that's yep. not allowed to happen. Um, responsible platform, digital platform. Say these fucking things back again. Jesus Christ. Responsible pla- uh, digital platform corporation and registered news business corporations required to negotiate in good faith uh, once registered news businesses corporations indicate an intention to bargain. Um, if a responsible- these,
1: these next two, these next, these two are the ones you're about to read. These are the ones that pisses me off the most. We'll get
0: into it. If a responsible digital platform corporation and a registered news digital a business corporation cannot reach an agreed uh, an agreement within three months, then the parties will be subject to compulsory arbit- compulsory arbitration about remuneration, stating that they want to uh, they have to find an agreement uh, about how yeah. much they will be paid, and they yeah. demand that they don't get paid the uh, the amount that Lewis Spears gets paid, they don't get paid the, mm-hmm. the amount that the, the Buttsman this fucking dickhead gets paid. They deserve more because they yep. are the status quo.
1: Yes. So that's that's the big one that really uh, frustrates me. So for those who aren't aware, you, when you're a YouTube creator or an online creator, uh, I mean, I can only really speak to the YouTube one, but I assume it's similar across all platforms because it's the same on YouTube and Facebook. So uh, if my video makes a dollar, YouTube takes 50%. Uh, and then I, and then I get my 50 cents. So they take half of every, every dollar myself, Isaac bring in YouTube takes half. And I would imagine that's quite similar with the online journalists. If you bring in a dollar of ad revenue, they take half right now, uh, Isaac and I have managed to create a living for ourselves under that agreement, even though it's difficult and whatever. We have this amazing platform, and I, 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 it sounds harsh, but I think that it's worth it. I think it's fair, right? They provide this incredibly expensive platform, and I can create something from nothing using it. And now, these can news I just say, organizations. Look, like they yep. did
0: all this, for, and I know people freak out about this, but YouTube and Google, our overlords, they did do all this for free at the start. Okay, I will say that which is cool. They put a massive amount of investment in. And also, they have football-sized, football stadium-sized fucking rooms with, I don't know, I don't know, you're smarter, you're wearing a leather jacket, you're smarter than me with fucking things you plug in and and, and different systems and all this shit. Yeah, that's the one. With all the servers and all that bullshit. Okay, I don't have that. I've never seen someone in a server room wearing a leather jacket unless he's there to steal one. (laughs) <laughs> I think mean, there's a Mission Impossible film where that happens, but yeah, they have all these things set up. They have all these employees, so they deserve a cut. Go on, yeah. Infrastructure. So, sure. so what these um,
1: what these uh, news corporations are trying to do is, so they want to maintain that split, so keep that going, but they also want to force negotiation to be paid money for literally every single thing they publish. And that negotiation is non-negotiable. So Google must pay them something that they both agree on. And if an agreement can't be met, the Australian government will come in and force an agreement. And you know, that won't be very favorable for Google's, for Google. So basically what this is, is literally News Corp and all these other companies, they can't thrive in an online or, uh, environment. They can't make any fucking money. Instead of doing it well, like we have, they are instead opting to force Google to pay them to do a bad job. To So if someone puts out an article about some fucking Buzzfeed bullshit about haircuts or whatever the fuck they've <clears> been writing and no one clicks on it because it sucks, they will still get paid for that, even though it's objectively bad journalism. And what will happen with that, is obviously if I'm a business owner and I want to print money, I'll reach an agreement, 100 bucks, 300 bucks an article. Guess what I'm doing? Articles every second of the day, motherfucker. Yeah. Fuck quality, pump it out, I'm getting money. It's like, it's insane. And I will have the knowledge to artificially inflate this shit so that it appears above all independent creators. I'm not just talking about us. I'm talking about independent journalists that have their own blog sites. Maybe they fund it through Patreon. They're all fucked because they won't have the keys to the castle and getting money per piece like this
0: bullshit law wants to introduce. If, it's if you don't think that the news publication won't flood the market with shit, just mm. go and have a look at the Daily Mail's Facebook page. They post every 14 fucking seconds the most ridiculous yep. and retarded headlines, articles, whatever it happens to be. They just pump it out there because they need people to go to their website so they can get AdSense, so they can pay the fucking bills and keep the lights on because they know the quantity that- Quantity over quality. Hundred percent. They know the newspapers aren't selling anymore and they're freaking out. They are panicking. I remember I, I had an argument with a with a journalist in Newcastle about uh, the paywalls and the paywall was something it was it was it was way too much money for what it was. And I said, mate, you can't charge people that much money and expect so many more people to come and uh, join the service and read the articles because they might only want to read one article. You need to make better yeah. content and monetize mm-hmm. it that way with a sponsor or with something like that. And he said, it to, he said to me, because my, my old man was, was writing for the paper at the time and he said what do you think that your old man's articles aren't aren't worth uh, people paying for i said no that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is they are worth paying for but you need to make a way for people to pay for them in, in a in a in a way that isn't just saying hey you need to pay us this much to see what's going on because that's not how the new, the world works anymore they people oh. demand people demand free uh, advertising sorry free entertainment and that's where you, you will make your money through advertising. You, you earn your money on with
1: in this shit, you know? Like yeah. that's 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 the thing of like with the... For, so for me, going back to what we do, I will entertain you for free all year and then I'm going to ask you for 30, 40 bucks once when I come to your town and then we're even. I don't... If you got to pay me per video or whatever, I mean, I have a Patreon for people to, to support and for people who really like it. I think honestly... With, with that shit, it's like if all of these news businesses behind paywalls don't make sense because you don't know what you're paying for. So, if I pay however much money a month to, say, the, the New York Times, I don't necessarily know what I'm going to get, you know. I think what's probably the better way to do it would be to have, like, uh, what we do, which is you, you are an independent journalist... And you go, I'm this guy and I specialize in this and I write articles about sport. If you want to support what I do, you can do it here. Rather than grabbing the sport guy and the the crazy feminist that hates chicks and then the dude who writes about dogs and ducks and bullshit fluff pieces, putting them under one umbrella and going, pay for this. And then I look at it and go... Oh, but I only like this guy. I think she's insane. And this guy probably fucks his dog. I don't want to pay for these two. I only want this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely. it's
1: uh they
0: don't get it, basically. And they and, and they're refusing to grow. They're refusing to move on. They're saying, okay, this yeah. is the way it's always been, and don't you dare change the rules. And and I just think it's just such a it's a weak attitude. It's a weak mentality. Yeah. And I'll I'll just bring up the final thing, uh, as well, you've already really spoken about it, but um, uh, these, if you don't find the the final, uh, if you don't accept the final offer as far as remuneration is concerned during the arbitration, then the, basically the government will come in and decide uh, where it will be. And you know these these, I might even put these into the uh, into the uh, description of this video because there's a lot going on there as far as the law. It's, that, it's
1: worth a read because it is it's very interesting. I mean, it's a little bit legalese, but it is worth it is worth, worth a going read, through. But the, the, the main point is they, they want uh, secret knowledge about the algorithm so that they can play the game better than anyone else mm-hmm. with the keys of the castle. They want to be paid per piece regardless of quality and traffic, which is insane. And then the government will force uh, a, a number, basically, if no agreement is decided. Those are the key tenets, I suppose. Of and, of
0: course, state. it depends who's in government at the time and which news uh, department mm. or, or broadcasting service or whoever owns them it, they're dealing with. Like, if you're working with News Corp and you're SCOMO, you might you might allegedly give them a better deal than, uh, you know, River Murdoch or vice versa, you well, know? Absolutely. It, it, gives, it, it will give... Not only does it fuck
1: independent creators it will give so much more power to these news sites because what what can happen is is they can go to labor or to liberals or whoever's not in government and they can go hey if you want us to throw the idea to the Australian public that you should win we'll support you harder than anyone else and all your competitors if you promise us you will negotiate a better deal and more money for us when you get in And a politician that's like, oh, wait, so I get free advertising and all I have to do is make sure that
0: you get money from a business I don't own? Fuck yeah. But there's some people out there, Lewis, that that still think, okay, no, no, that doesn't happen. People don't just report on who they want in power. And all you have to do is look at CNN versus Fox News. Yep. Just Mm -hmm. look at that. You could watch, you could have two TVs going in your house and one is on CNN and one is on Fox News, you will get the, about the same story, two completely different accounts, coming to completely yep. different conclusions about the exact same thing. And that is why, and I think this is the biggest thing when it comes to this type of shit that we're talking about, as far as news businesses taking over and having the monopoly when it comes to online content, you can't trust these bucks. You cannot oh. trust them, not even slightly. Like you can't trust a lot of people, but you cannot trust the news
1: no way it's um a, 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 and especially not if this fucking gets this thing gets passed because it won't be about good journalism it will just be about how much shit can i put out there because i'm getting paid this much per article yeehaw let's go yeah. so um i think there to to fight against this and i'm I'm going to publicize this on my own thing there's there's an email uh that you send an email to the a triple c i suppose yes. what Isaac is the email do you in, have it there the i can't find it I don't have it. I'll send it to you. Um, but uh, just put it in the description or top comment. Yes. Seriously. Send an email and obviously don't be a cunt. Just make it well reasoned and say why you don't like it and what the negative effects will be. Because this is, uh, you know, this ultimately, this is a rule made by people who don't understand the internet. Um, and if depending on how the idea was presented, the idea with Google could sound pretty unfair. Uh, if presented in bad faith. So I think that's what they're operating on there in, in the sense that these news articles have gone, Oh, Google's treating us unfairly. They won't pay us for our work. When really the answer is you're doing a bad job and you can't generate money because no one's reading.
0: Yeah. Um, this isn't just so about send an email. This isn't just about your back pocket or mine. Don't get me wrong. We love money, but it comes down to what you will watch, what you will view and what you will see online yeah. and it will be tainted by corporations. You know, mm-hmm. And not the corporations you've come to love, like Google, the, our our powerful old overlords who we love very much. Thank you, Google. Well, we
1: absolutely love them. And and if if you know if Google was a person, I'd be on my knees with them. I'd be sucking boat, so many
0: Google me. cocks right now. It would not be funny. I would I would just be. Full. Mm. It would be a big bukaki Google party. Um, well, if, for guys, I mean, I've known Isaac for years. You guys might not
1: know this, but he actually doesn't have a beard. It's actually Google's pubes stuck to his face with Google's yeah. cum.
0: They, uh, it's, it's like the, the front page of Lemon Party. And I'm, you I'm Lemon getting Party. there as well.
1: I'm yeah, getting, you are growing, growing a beard. Out. Are
0: you going to grow it out? What's, what's happening there? Uh, look,
1: it's not, I, I, I think it's too patchy. I'm just, I'm just, I'm like here and I'm grow keeping it, it here, I think. No, 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 no. Grow it for the entire lockdown, grow it as long as you can. I mean, I really, I really could. I have thought about it, but um, I don't know. I'm I'm happy with how I'm looking now. You know, little, little bit of facial hair, massive forehead. It's happening.
0: Grow it out. Grow your hair out with a leather jacket. You'll be looking like Steve Hughes in no time. If you don't know who Steve Hughes is, ladies and gentlemen, you need to find (laughs) out who he is. Hey, Lewis, thank you very much for coming on Big Dog. Um, I'm sure you're going to cover the whole YouTube, uh, the algorithm sale, uh, so to speak. Uh, with the news platforms in more detail, it's something I'll work on as well. And uh, I think the more we talk about it, the better. But as far as the, and and with the comedy, and I appreciate your words that you said on your podcast about uh, the ordeal that I was dealing with. Um, and uh, and I think we just need to keep telling jokes, and it'll all be sweet when it comes back to uh, comes back to the normal way that that the stand up is running around the country. Hopefully in 2021, oh, I, or absolutely, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Whenever it's safe, that's what I'll say. Whenever um, it's safe, but, uh, back yeah, out. Man. There. And, uh, happy, and- happy to be on and, and I, I think the answer to all of this stuff is uh, if and this is what I've always thought is if the industry is going to lock us out that's all good we can create our own industry because at the end of the day we're not even the future anymore we are the present so that's why that's why I stood up here because I think that uh, uh, what what these cunts would like more than us failing would be us uh, shitting and killing each other Absolutely
0: absolutely so um, uh, ladies and gentlemen Thanks have for having me on the- mate Go and see Lewis absolutely everywhere. Just type in Lewis Spears. You'll find him uh, on Instagram, Facebook. Well, not really Facebook. Who gives a fuck? Check um, out my podcast,
1: Spearhead hey, Sundays. Podcast. And if you want to check out my comedy special, it's on my website, just like Isaac's as well. It's a fucking banger. Thanks, mate. Thank talk you, to brother. You very soon. All
0: the very best. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back next week. Be a good motherfucker. Peace of the middle. Lesbian And to Lou wah bye